This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finside Radio. This is Matt Kanata, joined by Joshua Houts. We are back. We are better than ever. Not really. Uh, it's just me and Josh, and that's going to be it. But we are back. We know we've been kind of um, kind of sporadic over the past several weeks as we begin the offseason for the Miami Dolphins. Just a lot of things happening in both of our personal and professional lives, so we've been recording when we can. We do hope to get a normal schedule back going here. Uh, several podcasts per week, if at all possible, but definitely at least one per week as we head into free agency, as we head into the NFL draft, and as we head into the NFL scouting combine in just a few weeks. Obviously, that's where things start coming together for the media. A lot of the boards for the draft are really set, not set, but put into place by then. There's not a ton of movement at the combine after the combine. It's more so if a player tests extremely well. It's a sign that you should go back to the tape if you didn't have a, a good grade on him prior to that. Or if a player tested extremely poor and you have a high grade on him, then it's an indication that you should uh, go back and check the tape on him. So really, that's what it's all about. We hear a lot of executives, a lot of general managers and coaches. The fact that when they have moved players considerably up or down the board 
after the scouting combine. It's actually been a detriment. The most notable case for Miami Dolphins fans is when it comes to Pat White. We all remember that story when he uh, came into the NFL and was playing in a game, just got lit up on the sidelines when he was playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I believe that was the last time we ever heard of Pat White in at least the Miami Dolphins uniform. But the story goes that Pat White tested extremely well and and impressed many people in his performance at the NFL Combine. And Bill Parcells, who usually does not fall for this kind of thing, actually moved Pat White quite up the board, him and Jeff Ireland. And when it came to select Pat White in the, in the second round of the NFL draft at that time, they pulled the trigger. We know the rest is history. And in Bill Parcells' book, he actually talks about this and, and says that it was a mistake to go up and, and change the the board based on the combine performance is something that he learned a very valuable lesson from just kind of reinforcing that what he was believing in the past was holding true in the, in the present. And then as he went forward with his career and so did Jeff Ireland, they kind of learned that lesson there that's coming. Then free agency comes and the scouting combine again is pretty much the unofficial start of free agency, but let's not kid ourselves based on what we've been hearing throughout uh, the inside circles at PFN pro football network. We've been hearing a ton about already a lot of action already going down, starting back at the Senior Bowl. Obviously, we're not going to report on a lot of this. We do have relationships with agents. We have relationships with front offices. We're not going to jeopardize any of that in terms of uh, quote-unquote early tampering, right? We all know what goes on. We don't know the extent, the full extent that it goes on. But I can tell you conversations have already begun in terms of possible free agent fits for various players. It will ramp up at the scouting combine. And that's when you'll start to get a lot of leaks over at Pro Football Network. We will have a live running update of the Combine, a blog of the, from the Combine throughout the entire week of all the latest news and rumors and information that we're hearing and how it's going to impact not only the Miami Dolphins but others around the league as well. Then comes the NFL Draft after free agency, in which we're going to talk about quite a bit on today's show. But how it's just bringing you in here. It's an exciting off-season time. This is the exciting part, right? The road to the draft, the path to the draft, and then it all comes to a climax. April 23rd in Las Vegas, rounds one, two, and three. It's going to be a fun time to be a Dolphins fan, but let's not kid ourselves. It's going to be a lot of stress in terms of if you want a certain quarterback, there's going to be a lot of nail-biting. There's going to be a lot of smoke coming in and out of, of the inner circles, and we're really not going to know what's going to happen until the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. Yeah, and I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, is that we just got to kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy this whole ride, because it is currently February 16th. I think the legal tampering period for the NFL free agency is close to, what, a month away? I mean, I think it starts yep. the 18th, maybe it's the 16th of uh, March. But either way, we know the Miami Dolphins are heading into probably the most important offseason in, in the team history, I mean, you can – we many of us weren't alive back in the day, so we can't sit here and compare it to them. But this is the most important offseason that the Miami Dolphins have had in our lifetime. You know they're heading into this with close to $120 million. I believe it's 14 draft picks. I mean, there's going to be a lot that is going to happen between now and even the draft. So we keep seeing these mock drafts. We all know who the guy is, the apple of the Dolphins' eye. We know who the quarterback is that a lot of fans want the Dolphins to go after. Uh, you mentioned smoke coming out. We just saw earlier this week, or I guess it was late last week, you know, the Matthew Stafford rumor. I think it was late at night. A pretty prominent, you know, local news station came out and said they've spoke to sources and the Detroit Lions are in, engaged in trade talks to move Matt Stafford. A couple hours later, you know, the GM, Bob Quinn, came out and said that that is absolutely false. But 
I mean, it, that was a verified account with 500,000 followers who has ties to the Stafford family that came out there and said that he was on the trade block. So there's lots of smoke, uh, lots of misconception that's going to happen between now and draft time. So we all just got to kind of sit back, relax, and not get too carried away because, I mean, we're on Twitter constantly. We all see what's going on throughout the day. You know, the mock drafts. Uh, who are the Dolphins taking this one? Are they trading up? Are they trading back? You know, the different leaks coming out from, you know, agents and, you know, the, the different sources that are trying to, you know – Tua, Tua's agents are doing a great job. You know, they're putting out a trailer to make people believe, you know. I mean, did you see that trailer? I mean, it gave me goosebumps, and he his yeah. stock just continues to rise. And this is a guy who hasn't even been able to go out there and make football moves yet. You know, he he's still a month out. He's got very good news at his uh, ch- three-month checkup, I believe it was. Uh, you know, everything's moving along at a great pace. But, again, we will not know if that AVN is going to come back, if he is going to be truly healthy but just sit back, relax, and enjoy it because free agency has to come first. You know, you can sit here and say, oh, the Dolphins are going to target a running back in, in the draft or, you know, offensive line, which we all know the Dolphins need offensive line help. They probably need five new offensive starters on that offensive line. So, of course, they're going to head into that draft for those 14 picks and address the offensive line. But what are they going to do in free agency? You know, they, they wouldn't pay Laramie Tunsil. Are they going to go to free agency and pay a Jack Conklin, that huge contract that he wants? I don't know. And there's just position after position. The Dolphins have lots of needs. You know, you can look at the defensive line, the offensive line. They probably even need some linebackers in there, and they have a very good off linebacking unit, the secondary. I mean, they need just about everything, and free agency is going to come before the draft. So just sit back, relax. Don't buy too much into the hype, and just let the dominoes fall because as fans, there's nothing you can do about it except just sit back, relax. And let's be honest, no matter what they do, we can sit here and say they need to get Tua Tungvaluwa. If they don't get Tua Tungvaluwa and they trade back and they take a Jordan Love or, you know, maybe Justin Herbert falls in their lap – you're going to support that guy regardless of what happens. So just sit back, enjoy the ride, because, again, this is the most important offseason in Miami Dolphins history. I want to touch on that Detroit Lions uh, bit, because at, over at PFN, uh, Ben Albright, our PFN inside over there, reported that this was, in fact, false. That the Lions were not actively shopping Matthew Stafford. And the I've mentioned plenty of times on this show uh, how it's, that the inside info world is a dark world. It's a... It's not a dangerous world, but it's it's a weird world where it's people may crave for inside information and some people strive to be, quote unquote, an insider. But I can tell you the stress sometimes is just not worth it. Right. And then when you really get down to see how the sausage is made. Right. And I'm learning a lot with uh, Ben over at PFN and Tony over at PFN because they pulled back the curtain for us quite a bit. It's it's kind of interesting, very interesting to see the tactics and the strategy and the depths that organizations and teams will go to get others to think that they're doing something that maybe they're not doing. And that's what's going on with the Lions right now. I can't publicly talk about their strategy. I know what they're doing. I can't publicly state all the details. For various reasons, because one, we'll lose our sources, and and two, you don't give up your sources like that. But as Albright reported, the Lions are not actively shopping Stafford. Take that to the bank. And when that report came out, several teams called the Lions to inquire about Stafford's availability, and the Lions told all of them that he is not available. Now, what we can tell you is this. The Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions have inquired, uh, have talked to each other already about that number three pick in the NFL draft. Obviously, 
those talks have not really substantiated much because one, we don't know what Tua's medical records will say, and two, we don't know how he's going to look during on-field workouts. So there's really no reason for the Dolphins to trade up right now. What we can also say, uh, in vague terms, is that anyone picking in front of Miami right now, the Bengals, the Redskins, the Giants, and the Lions, have no interest in Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. What the Dolphins need to worry about is a team like the Chargers, the Panthers, moving up to leapfrog them and draft Tago Viola. But then again, there are whispers and rumblings within the inner circles that a lot of NFL teams, the vast majority of teams, actually have it where Joe Burrow is their number one. Then it goes Justin Herbert. Some even have Jordan Love. And then it goes to a Tago Viola. Now, obviously, if Tua did not get hurt, that would change. But because of that injury and because of his previous injury history, you can't ignore any of that. And the possible fact that he may not be like he was before because of that hip injury in a position that requires good movement at the hips and quick twitch like Tua does with it, with um, his pocket awareness and how he throws the football and everything else, there are legitimate questions about this. And then it brings you to the Dolphins and you hear reports of Stephen Ross, according to Pro Football Talk, and they doubled down on it last week on their uh, daily show, where Mike Florio said that people close to him and very reliable sources tell him that Stephen Ross is enamored with Joe Burrow from LSU. But everything that I'm hearing says that the Dolphins, they're locked on to Tua Tagovailoa. And I think when you start to read the tea leaves outs, right, you see uh, Tua's agent Lee Steinberg, all around the Dolphins, honoring Stephen Ross here, there, and everywhere. And it's just too obvious to ignore. And I know that Ross has a job. Ross is not oblivious. He understands the game. The Dolphins have very smart people. Their PR team, their strategy team, their football ops people are probably telling Stephen Ross, downplay the Tua interest, hype up other interests. And yes, there are leaks. Teams purposely leak stuff to different members of the media to get them to run with the story. They'll leak stuff to agents to get them to then leak to a reporter who will run with the story. And they'll also do high-level and low-level leaks. And when you look at a local TV station, right, in Detroit, and I'm going to get off my soapbox here in a second, house, but when you look at a local TV uh, station in Detroit who doesn't really break any stories and all of a sudden they have this story that they're breaking about the Lions shopping Matthew Stafford, and then they double down on it the next day, if they're doubling down on it, they're hearing it from someone within the organization. You can kind of connect the dots from there, right, in terms of what I just said about strategy, about teams leaking uh, information and purposely leaking all of that, and then tying all that back to the Dolphins' interest in the number three pick. Talk's not going really much anywhere at this time, and the possible interest from other teams moving up in front of the Dolphins to grab that number three pick. It's all a strategy. Lions have very smart people in their front office. I would just let it play out. Just don't take anything at face value. Dig deeper. Look at the connecting dots. Connect those dots together and then come up with your own conclusion. But again, we don't ever really know until a team is actually on the clock. And then again, we still may never know truly the player that they really want. Unless you have the number one, number two, number three pick in the NFL draft. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, and I think that you just hit the nail on the head. And I mean, you have those connections within different organizations, whether it's Ben Albright, Tony Pauline, yourself. I mean, you kind of know what's happening. I don't know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any trades can even happen right now currently, right? Is it not uh, at the start of the yeah. next no yeah, trades can happen until the start of the new the year. Until the start of the new year, and I wasn't sure if that applied to draft picks or not, but I, I don't think you know we're going to see very much movement here because, like you said, you, you don't know what teams might want to come up for that pick, and the longer you wait and the more you try to drive that price up, you know, if, if Tua passes his medicals and, you know, he's throwing for teams at the combine, obviously that pick's going to be worth a lot more then than it might be now when there's still some question marks surrounding him. I do think the biggest, uh, the most interesting thing that you mentioned was Justin Herbert, and I think, uh, I think it was... Albert Breer or someone else did a Monday morning quarterback where they reached out to some NFL GMs and a lot of them kept saying Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. And again, I know we talked about this before. I think if, you know, if a Dolphins beat writer and some other guys didn't come out here and pretty much say, uh, Justin Herbert kind of reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. I think people would feel a lot differently about him. He has all the size. He has all the tools. He has the arm. He can pretty much do everything. He's smart. Uh, you know, he has trouble reading defenses. We did see that. But again, you don't know how much that new offense applied to that. So it wouldn't be crazy to sit here and think that maybe a team even moves up to, to draft Justin Herbert because I think he has all those tools. And I think NFL teams, as you said, as other people have said, believe that he has all the tools to be an NFL caliber quarterback. Now you look at Tua Tagovailoa, and you mentioned that you can read the tea leaves and you see Lee Steinberg and you just hear Tua and his family pretty much gushing about Miami and how it compares to Hawaii and just all these different things. And it just seems like the writing is on the wall and it is the perfect situation for him to end up in Miami. But then the Joe Burrow stuff comes out and you keep hearing about it. And there has to be, I, I see the Dan Patrick interview and you kind of, not Dan Patrick, you see the Rich Eisen interview and you kind of see what he's trying to say with, you know, maybe Joe Burrow doesn't want to go to Cincinnati, but Joe Burrow's the hometown kid. You know, he wants to be the number one overall pick. I think it was Matt Miller, a Bleacher Report, came out and said, you know, that pick's pretty much done. And I do think Joe Burrow's going to go to Cincinnati. But I do think that, you know, maybe Stephen Ross truly does want Joe Burrow because why wouldn't he? He just had the best cut. Uh, best college season by a quarterback in the history of college football. You know, he's one of those players that sure it was only one season, but it was the best season by a college quarterback. So there's not as many injury concerns there. You know, he kind of fits, you know, he's more of a prototypical passer than maybe a Tua Tungvaluwa. So to sit here and say that Stephen Ross didn't say that, you know, that is the guy that he would ideally want. I mean, could you sit here and say that you wouldn't want Joe Burrow? I mean, I love Tua, and I can't sit here and tell you with 100% confidence that if those two were on the board that I would go Tua because, like you said, there's injury concerns there. And, you know, you just don't know if his mobility is going to be the same or his ability to move in and out of the pocket, which makes him such a dynamic player. But a lot of people are unsold on whether or not the Dolphins should trade up. And as of now, I think they just sit pat. But when the time comes, if they need to trade up to get Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and it might hurt people to hear this, but I think you do it. And I think, it, you know, if it takes the 26th pick and another second-round pick, you do what it takes to get him. If he is truly the guy that the Dolphins had their eyes set on from day one, and I don't know that I'd sit here and say, you know, I'd give up number five and number 26 and maybe even a 2021 first because that's a lot to me. 
But if the Dolphins did that, would you be upset? Because if they truly believed that he was their guy and the quarterback that would fit this offense, that could go out there and take this team to the promised land, or even, you know, become relevant again, which we have not seen since Dan Marino himself, would you be upset if the Dolphins made that move? I mean, sitting here saying it now, three first-round picks for Tua to move up, what, two, three spots? That's crazy to me. But if if it ends up happening, I mean, in Tua Tonvaloa, you see him holding up the Dolphins jersey. Part of you is going to be pretty damn excited to see that come to fruition. And again, if he truly is the quarterback that they're sitting there and they look at, and you know, Chris Greer has been with the Dolphins for many years. If this is the guy that he says, you know what, Ross, this is the guy that can be the face of the franchise that wants to play in Miami, that can be the perfect general for this team from, you know, a leadership standpoint and just what he can do on the football field. I mean, you'd have to, part of you would have to be okay with it. Yeah. I think that is crazy. Right. And I honestly, I think I don't know about Joe Burrow, right? Here's why. He's very enticing. But the fact is this. When he was, he couldn't crack the lineup at Ohio State, transferred to LSU, had a, had a good season his junior year, nothing crazy because nobody was talking about him heading into the 2020 season, 20, uh, 2019 season, right? Yeah, 2019 season. Uh, I'm not going to lie and say I college football religiously, but I, I think as someone who covers the NFL, at least in the Dolphins' realm at that time, and not totally fully in at PFN yet, I I think you know it's safe to say that he wasn't a household name, and that was in kind of like a more conservative offense, not a spread offense. But then he went to his senior year, went into that spread offense, and all of a sudden just tore it up. So my my fear is that. Defenses will adjust to him and the spread offense, and then what? And I know the argument will be, well, Tua ran a spread offense at Alabama too, right? But I feel like Tua is just the more natural passer, the more gifted quarterback. can adjust to any kind of offense that because of the system he played in Alabama, because of his incredible talent, and because he's proven time and time and time and time and time and time and time again that he is a very, very good quarterback unlike Joe Burrow, who only had one great season. And general managers will warn people about this, is to keep an eye on those star players who have only had that one breakout season. I think, you know, there are some red flags there. Not saying that he's not the best quarterback in the draft. I still think Tua is. And then I, I honestly, for me, I think, you have to consider Justin Herbert at number two, and I know that may make people go crazy, but the fact is this: you know, people like you said, House just get caught up because people compared him to Ryan Tannehill, and then they hear the Ryan Tannehill name and they all go crazy. Yes, there are lots of questions around Justin Herbert, but he has all the physical tools and, and is the physical specimen that you want in a prototypical quarterback. The question is, can he get into an offense? That will maximize his skill set, which many argue that he didn't have at Oregon. So that's where I kind of stand. You know, gun to my head right now, my rankings would be Tua, Herbert, Burrow, then Love. That's that's right now at this time. I have the right to change that as we get closer to the draft and as we get more information and so forth. But as of right now, those would be my rankings. Yeah, and you just named four quarterbacks that have the potential to completely alter an NFL franchise. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think we do just have to sit back and you know I'm just as guilty as anyone. You know I I love Tua. You mentioned he's your number one. He's also my number one. And you can look at Joe Burrow's. You know as a one year wonder. 
maybe Cincinnati does something crazy. You know, they, they coach Justin Herbert at the senior bowl. We know Detroit coach Jordan Love at the senior bowl. You know, the biggest thing to me is, I mean, I keep looking back at when the Falcons traded up for Julio Jones. And I remember watching that draft and I was just completely dumbfounded because it was just a crazy trade that I did not see coming out of, you know, I, I there was no warning sign. You know, you just did not see it coming. And from that moment on, I just realized that anything could possibly happen in the NFL and these you see it every year, you know, a player gets drafted uh, ahead of where they're slated in the class. And it's because a team or a general manager just has this, you know, this gut feeling that that guy can change my franchise. So we can sit here and say that, you know, maybe a team won't trade up. We know Oakland Raiders, they have the draft ammunition. I think they have two first round picks and they're moving to Vegas. You know, we know there's Tom Brady rumors there. We know that they have Derek Carr under a pretty lucrative contract. But who's to say they don't trade up? We know the Chargers are going to have interest because they've made it very clear that they're moving on from Phillip Rivers. And then you have to look at the Carolina Panthers. you got Matt Rule in there, and they're doing everything, it seems, to change that culture around. If they move from Cam Newton, I mean, they, to me, as as well as the Chargers, seem to be the two biggest you know, threats to possibly move up. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins have all the draft ammunition. And I just keep sitting here and toying with the fact, you know, what would be too much? And I don't know what it would be. I said three first-round picks. That would upset me, but... If they think he's the guy, I mean, you do what it takes to get your guy, and I, I think that fans would be upset, but once they see two in a Dolphins jersey, uh, you know, everybody would be happy. But the biggest thing to me is people sit here and say, you know, why trade up? Why give up these picks? You can't, you know, build an offensive line here or build these other – it doesn't work that way. You know, they have all this money. They have all that draft capital. They have – plenty of ammunition and they have plenty of resources to build an offensive line to, to fix the pass rush to fix the secondary they have all the ammunition that if they move up for Tua it's really not going to break the bank and I know those three first round picks look great but you're almost guaranteed if you're moving up for them giving up at least one of them and I think that people just get too caught up in you can't you know sign this guy in free agency you know you keep hearing about Melvin Gordon and I know you can talk about that in a second but if the Dolphins sign Melvin Gordon, that does not mean by any means that they can't go to the draft and draft a running back in a very good running right. back class. It does not work that way. You know, people, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to sign this veteran. I, I keep hearing Todd Gurley's name thrown around. I, I don't know if you saw that report where, yeah, it's maybe, crazy. Yeah, maybe the the Rams would be willing to part way with a draft pick, and then the same thing with David Johnson. Personally, the Dolphins have that capital, the draft space. Why wouldn't you do that? Fill an area of need and just ride the wheels off him. But at the same time, you're still drafting a young rookie running back. And I think people get too caught up in, you know, you can't do one and the other. You know, it's it's one or this, and that's just not how it works. They have all the capital in the world to do what they want. They have all the, the money in the world to do what they want. Again, we keep talking about it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. And if the Dolphins say, say they move up and they take Justin Herbert, well, they took Justin Herbert because he was the guy that they truly believed could be the next damn Reno for this franchise. And at some point, you know, you can sit here and praise Brian Flores we can talk about Chris Greer and all the hits he's had. You just got to instill your faith in them because what more can we do? You know, this is your football team. You're not going anywhere. If they want Tua, they're going to get Tua. If they want another guy, they're going to get that guy. And there's nothing that we can do about it to prevent it. And all the complaining and all the bickering on Twitter, you know, it's not going to change anything. So just sit back, enjoy the ride because, again, the most important offseason in Dolphins history. Yeah, so you mentioned Melvin Gordon, and just real quick on that, I know there's been a lot of talk about running backs, as you mentioned, in terms of free agency, this running back, that running back, and a lot of mock drafts also selecting uh, running backs for the Miami Dolphins in the early rounds. I'm told that, one, the Dolphins want to go OL heavy in the draft, in the early parts of the draft, so look for them to grab a quarterback with their first pick, wherever it might land up, 
and then focus on the offensive line after that. So I don't think that running back is in play in the first round. I could be completely wrong, but I'd be surprised if they went running back in that first round. I'd be surprised if they went running back in the second round. I think you can look at a running back in the third and fourth round, especially in Chan Gailey's offense, which makes it so simple for a running back. But I don't think you need to spend the big capital, the big draft capital, on a guy like DeAndre Swift. And, and you know, guys like that who – will take away from a pass rusher or a offensive lineman because once you get past, you know, a, a few spots in the first round and the early second round, that depth starts to fall off a bit. And if you don't address those early, those skill positions, those premium positions early in the draft, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. But at the same time, you need to balance that with best player available and not reach because once you start reaching, then that just messes up your entire board and then it messes up your entire class and everything they're trying to do. So I'm a big proponent of BPA with the exception of quarterback, right? I mean, if you have a franchise quarterback, you're not going to go BPA if the quarterback's on the board. But I think anything else is really in play because you never know when one injury can derail an entire season. And, and that's all it takes. But if you have the proper depth, if you have the proper players and the proper talent on the team, you can work to fill those voids. Melvin Gordon, though, as going back to that point, I've been hearing since September that he is in play for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it's obviously coming from the front office because there have been coaching changes and I'm still hearing Melvin Gordon coming out of Miami. So we'll see if that happens. I know people say, well, he's too expensive. He's this and that. Listen, it's not your money to spend. Relax on the money. They have over $100 million to spend in free agency. They're not going to spend all of it. They're going to be very calculated in the moves. They're not going to be crazy aggressive in trying to lure players and get into bidding wars. They're going to do what they got to do and, and different aspects of the team building process to make sure they get the right pieces that fit within that framework. Yeah, and you saw a report come out. I think, again, it was Matt Miller from Bleach Report. You know, he there was a image of Jadavian Clowney wanting to reset the market, and, you know, the Colts and Dolphins could have interest. Just because the Dolphins have that, that money does not mean they're going to do crazy things with it. You know, Jadavian Clowney pretty much said F you to the team last year in that Laramie Tunsil trade. They are not going to go out there, in my opinion, and, you know, throw the bag at him. There's better resources and better... Uh, ways to allocate that money and I think that's the biggest thing with the Dolphins we kind of saw the I think it was last year with Trey Flowers you know he was a guy that Brian Flores did great things with you know he he was a great um you know he, he was great very versatile on the defensive line he seemed like the perfect fit for the Dolphins but when the time came to pay him what ultimately Detroit did the Dolphins backed out because it was just too much for them to to you know to pay him and I think that's kind of the biggest thing they're going to make smart free agent signings and that's a little different than from the Jeff Ireland and the Mike Tannenbaum teams that we're used to you know the Dolphins have the money but that doesn't mean they're going to go out there and get crazy with it but like you said if they do if they do see a Melvin Gordon and they think okay this is the running back that we need you know 10 11 million dollars a season who cares it's not your money and they need to spend it you know they have the money it's not going to break the bank uh, just to circle back on one thing and it's kind of something that I've been toying with in my head and I've, I actually had someone reach out to me um, I'm not going to say their name but they mentioned that the possibility that perhaps the Dolphins were to move on from Xavier do you think Xavier Howard you know the Dolphins are going to trade up do you think Xavier Howard's name could be dangled in any potential trade up we know that a lot of people have Detroit should be yeah, and then that's kind of where I was going with that. I think Detroit, you know, if they truly want Jeff Okada and they want to fix that secondary, I mean, I don't really know the cap situation, but do you think the Dolphins could move on from an Xavier Howard and, you know, then it doesn't really take as big of a blow. It doesn't take an extra first-round pick or, you know, that right. that high second. Do you think Xavier Howard could be on the move come draft day? I think with the – although he wasn't convicted, right, and although the charges were dropped, 
I think it is something the Dolphins will look at in terms of do we want I don't I need to be careful how I phrase this. The Dolphins will look at this as a probably a possible red flag in that he was put it put himself into this situation to begin with, right? And we know that Brian Flores is a man of high character, but he's also a man who gives second chances as he did with Preston Williams and as he's done with others like Mark Walton who have come and gone. So while I don't think the Dolphins are actively shopping Xavier Howard right now, I think you do have to possibly think about the pot, uh, moving him on draft night in the first round. I don't. I think if you're going to move him, it better be in return for a first round pick. I don't. I think if you get a second round pick for him, one of the league's best cornerbacks, in my opinion, and in a lot of others' opinions, then that's getting hosed on that deal. Um, but if you can go to Detroit and say, okay, we'll give you. Xavier Howard to trade up two spots. I think that's something you have to think about. And even I would say you'd want maybe like a round three or four in return from Detroit for that as well. But I do think that it's a good possibility when you take into account what happened with, with everything that went on there. And then two, when you look at his injury history with his knee, I mean, he's had that knee scope several times now, had that. It's just, when you rely on your knees as a cornerback to move and shift and run, it begins to raise some questions. And like you said, the Detroit Lions want Jeffrey Okuda. That's their target. If you can pair up Okuda and Xavier Howard from across the field in a defense that's built by Matt Patricia, the head coach who's trying to save his job and who believes in defense, I think the Detroit Lions have to think long and hard about that, and I think so do the Miami Dolphins. I yeah, wouldn't be I mean- upset if he was traded. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I mean, even if, say, they do feel the need that they have to trade up with Washington, they just got rid of Josh Norman. They could have some help, uh, use for, you know, every, any team could have use for Xavier Howard. But again, we're not sitting here saying it's going to happen. We're just trying to connect the dots and say, you know, you mentioned it. Brian Flores loves to give people second chances. We know Xavier Howard wasn't convicted, but, you know, we all heard the video. We know we kind of – you can make your own judgment on that. But whether or not the Dolphins would, you know, um, sit here and – give up Xavier Howard to move up for their quarterback. I mean, I see potential in that, and I think it's something that as we get closer to the draft, definitely keep an eye on. But, you know, you trade away an Xavier Howard who, when he's healthy, and that's the biggest issue there, when he's healthy, he's a top five, top ten cornerback, and you get rid of a guy of his caliber, and then, you know, the dominoes kind of start to fall. We saw when he went down on IR uh, earlier this season, you know, that secondary never looked the same. Got to tip your hat to Josh Boyer and what he did in there because, you know, it just seemed like every week another guy was stepping in there on like a short notice. They'd pick him up on right. waivers. They'd throw him in the lineup. And, the, you know, they, they would be pretty good. So you saw Nick Needham emerge. You saw some other guys that, you know, have potential lasting value. But if you get up Xavier Howard at some point, you're going to have to have to find a way to, you know, to match that production and bring in a guy of equal or, or lesser value. So, I mean, it's something to keep a close eye on. I do think that. If a team came calling for Xavier Howard and the price tag was right, I don't think the Dolphins would have any hesitation to move him because, again, you know, he's he could still face uh, disciplinary action from the league, if I'm not mistaken. I think the same thing kind of happened with the whole Tyreek Hills situation, some right, of the other yes. situations throughout history. So he's not off the hook with that. And, again, it was just a very odd situation. And the biggest thing is him be just putting himself in that situation uh, would probably raise some red flags for the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely. A lot to play out, a lot to play out over the next few weeks and months as we lead up to the NFL draft. The Dolphins want to build their team through the draft. They are committed to doing so. A lot of teams say they like to do it, but then they do the opposite and they go crazy in free agency. Everything that I've heard tells me the Dolphins will stay committed to this vision, which I know a lot of us love to hear.
We'll see how it all plays out. Be sure to follow along on Finsider Radio and thefinsider.com for all the latest news and information regarding your Miami Dolphins. How it's any last thoughts before we hang it up for the night? Nope, just sit back, relax, and enjoy everything because, again, this is the most important offseason in Dolphins uh, franchise history. They got all the ammunition. They got all the money. They can pretty much do whatever they want to do. And, you know, for all these mediocre years we've had since Marino retired and how, you know, it felt at times that it was just this, you know, long, tiring process, there's finally seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. They finally seem to have their coach in place. You know, maybe Chris Greer is the right guy. It seems that way by all the ammunition that he's acquired. So, just sit back, relax, because what they do over these next two years is going to be the face of this team, you know, kind of shape this team for hopefully those years without Tom Brady in the AFC East. It looks like he might be on his way out. And at what point, That'd I mean, nice. what, what are the Patriots doing at quarterback? I mean, there's lots of question marks there. Josh Allen can't really even hit an open receiver, and Sam Darnold got mono all the time, and Adam Gase is our head coach. <laughs> so, you know, the Dolphins finally have a chance to take over the AFC East. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy what's to come because – you know, they won five games with this roster. Who's to say they're not going to, you know, be a fringe playoff team next year? I mean, I, I don't think it's quite that crazy, but they're a few few years away, you know, one, two years away from being a legit contender for a, a long time, and, and that should give all of us reason for hope. It's going to be an exciting few weeks and months leading up to the NFL draft. And again, be sure to follow along here on Finsider Radio for all the latest news and information regarding the Miami Dolphins and all the insider information that we're hearing over at PFN. We'll make sure to bring to you here on this podcast. That's going to do it for us here on Finsider Radio. For Joshua House, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins